A husband and wife who recently lost their baby adopt a nine-year-old girl who is not nearly as innocent as she appears. Will the sun come up tomorrow, or will this homicidal Annie rewrite the forecast? Get ready to unravel the twisted threads of family dynamics, deception, and maybe even a growth spurt in our chilling exploration of Orphan. We're seeing kids for the first time this weekend. I'm ready to adopt. Adopting an older child is not an easy decision. My name is Esther. Why aren't you down at the party? I've never really seen the point of it. I guess I'm different. There's nothing wrong with being different, you know. This is an extraordinary little girl. She's very mature for her age. You seem to have made quite a connection. Esther, what are you doing? Something's happening to cause Esther to feel this way. My name is Dr. Varava. I'm going from the Sarn Institute. I don't understand. How can they have no record of her being there? There has to be some explanation. The orphanage has never heard of her. I don't think Mommy likes me very much. Why was she at your hospital? Oh, my God. I love you, Daddy. I can't do it anymore. I have a surprise for you, Mommy. What are you doing? Welcome, horror aficionados, to another intriguing episode of Chamber of Chills. I'm Cameron Long. And I'm Adam Ragsdale. And we are your guides through the darkest corners of the cinematic realm. Today, we are continuing to unravel our top 50 horror movies of all time. And at number number nine. Yeah, we already skipped. (laughs) (laughs) At number 49, we have Orphan. Orphan. Oh, yeah. So... Are we just jumping right into this yeah, bad Yeah, I think boy? we're just going to jump right in. Let's just do it. title of this film is uh, Orphan. Orphan. <laughs> if you didn't catch on to that, and uh, if I didn't mention already, it is number 49 on our list. Yes, sir. Came out in 2009, and you could say this is a horror thriller suspense. Mm. It was directed by Jama Colette Serra. Mm. He is uh, also known for the uh, Academy Award-winning film Black Adam and Jungle Cruise. <laughs> He's got two movies with The Rock. He's got a thing for that guy. Yeah. Uh, But he also has House of Wax in his belt. In his belt. In his belt. What's that phrase? Under his belt. Under his belt. Yeah. It's a part of the belt. Uh, He did House of Wax, which I I do enjoy that movie. Um, So he's got a little experience there. Mm. The uh, writer is David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick. Oh. Um, He's like eight names. (laughs) Exactly. Um, star cast, we have Vera Farmiga as Kate Coleman, who is just oh, a gem. Just love her and like everything she does. Yeah, I love her. We have Peter Sarsgaard as John Coleman. And then we have Isabel Furman as Esther. Right. The film did not win any Academy Awards, but it did win Best Actress for Isabel Furman, um, her performance as Esther at mm. the 2009 Fright Meter Awards. Have you ever heard of those? I have not. Me either, but you know. Can't ask for much more than that. Go ask. Uh, ratings on IMDb, it's got a 7 out of 10 out of 243,000 ratings. Hmm. 
a 58% on Rotten Tomatoes. So a little rocky there. Rocky Tomatoes. <laughs> rocky <laughs> Tomatoes. On Letterboxd, it is at 3.3 out of 5. Mm. Um, the financials of the film, um, which is interesting because numbers are like not always my thing. My wife listened to our last episode and she thought that was super interesting. So for you numbers cool. people out here, the budget of this film was about $20 million, mm. which today is about $28.5 million. At the global box office, it made about $78 million, which is about $111 million today. Not too shabby. Although I think A Quiet Place got like Seven hundred million or something like that. So, <laughs> so it's pretty close. Uh, opening weekend in the U.S. it made thirteen million, which is about eighteen point five million today. A little under that. So, yeah. So, a uh, quick little interjection from your boy Adam. Uh, I am a dumb dumb, <laughs> and <laughs> on the last episode, oh no, I did an inflation rate, and I went back to the site that I used to find the inflation rate, and it was New Zealand's. <laughs> What? Not Shoot. the US's inflation rate. So I, I redid the, the numbers. Okay. Your numbers were right. I, were I they? did them this time and I they oh, were thank good. goodness. Yeah. So All right. I the the numbers on American Werewolf of London were a little exaggerated. <laughs> it made sixty two point three billion dollars. <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> it was funny because I think I was like after inflation it was like two hundred and ninety four million dollars. I was like, man, wow, that's thing pretty great. Uh, it was two hundred and two million, which is still pretty great. <laughs> yeah, it's like hundred million dollars. It's you know, <laughs> once you get past a million, they just don't even matter. Yeah, after that. you know, uh, it made over a million dollars. Okay, so you know, uh, don't listen to me anymore. Um, on those, sorry. Continue. I was worried about my website that I'd get these wrong too, but uh, it was a little weird. The website was a little yeah sketchy. I just wonder how you got into a New Zealand website. Yeah, I don't know. I just typed, I, I <laughs> clicked on the first one that said inflation. <laughs> I didn't even think Checks about out. different countries. I'm such a dummy. Um, all right. Yeah. In the film, it uh, principal filming began on December 3rd, 2007 and concluded on March 7th, 2008. So just a little over three months there, which is uh, not too bad. Not bad. Um, two hours long. I mean, runtime. Run yeah, that's true. And then obviously, I know they had uh, like re-records and stuff after that. But three months, not too bad. Yeah, it's not terrible. Uh, is it time to enter the uh, time to enter the breakdown breakdown ballroom? Yeah, time to get right in. There. Oh, dance yeah. our way into the breakdown. Favorite scenes? What'd you think? Uh, I actually really liked the opening scene. Yeah. I think that it was a great start to something horrific. It was obviously like a nightmare sequence. Mm -hmm. And so nightmare sequences are always like, they can have so much fun with it. I didn't know if it was nightmare at first, but then I was like, the lighting was pretty. Yeah. The harsh. lights like bend down. A yes. Little bit. Which was, that there was, was like such that a cool, humming noise. And yeah. Yeah. Which was interesting. That's the only time that's used in yeah. the whole film. Yeah. I thought, I thought so too. Really weird. But and maybe I, that's why, cause it was a nightmare. I don't know. Yeah. But I did like it for the most part. It was pretty grotesque. I mean, it was really, yeah, really it was uh, dark, horrific, but it was good. Well, and also for a horror film to start that way, like, you know, sometimes there's like the couple moving into the new house and, you know, yeah. It's, like it's all happy and the dog's alive. And then and this cool. one, you're just dog's dead. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's dead. Exactly. But in this one, it just jumps right into the super dark. Honestly, probably the darkest part of the whole film is probably the darkest scene. The whole yeah, film. for yeah, sure. Which is so, so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But that was I'm a big fan of openers like that. And I had seen this movie before, but I don't remember that scene. So that was kind of a, a nice 
little reset for nice me. Nice little so, surprise. Yeah, a little <laughs> surprise there. Um, I, early on, really enjoyed when Kate is reading to their daughter Max oh the gosh. bedtime story. Dude. Because, you know, it's a book about, like, a miscarriage and, yeah. like, you know, your sister goes to heaven, but it's formatted as a children's book. So good. And I feel like you really kind of get a glimpse at their connection and their relationship, which I'm always a big fan of. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that scene was very impactful and it was subtle. I enjoyed that. Makes you like them right off the yeah, bat. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And there's like a little foreshadowing there. You know, Max takes out her uh, like cochlear ear implants. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So you kind of like, okay, like, you know. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it though. I really like that scene a lot. Yeah, I, I actually did put that on there too. Really? Uh, yeah. Russian roulette. Mm. Even though that scene takes like two seconds yeah, of the runtime, that was like the first time that you're like, okay, this girl is psycho yeah. and she's not just like, she's manipulative, but she's also like just spontaneous, which is yeah. scary, you know? And I was like, oh my gosh, is she about to freaking shoot I know. Max right well, now? Well, like, and Max is a gem in this oh my movie. Gosh, like I the know. cutest little girl. I didn't want her to die at all. I know. And so when she holds up the gun, she's like, want to play? You're like, get that freaking gun out of her it's face. It's also the first time that you're like, she is like mature. Like she knows yeah. how to take bullets out and I then know. like freaking yeah, play Russian roulette. Like, you do kind of get a... Which you, I mean, she's doing other stuff before this, but that's the first time I'm like, okay, I didn't know how to do that till yeah. yesterday. So. Right, yeah. Do you want to play? Oh, yeah. Also, because we did this last time, too. Spoiler warning for those of you who are listening. <laughs> Dude, we, we're the worst. <laughs> we talk about the entire movie. So skedaddle if you don't want to. Uh, yeah, we uh, we give away some stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. So right off of that. I, well, I guess we can talk about that later. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll we save my dive questions. More, we can dive more into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. The transformation scene is obviously pretty iconic where she's, well, I say transforming into a werewolf. Yeah, just like last episode. I feel like we used that word so much. I will say the makeup removal scene when the big twist is revealed and she starts wiping away her makeup. She's kind of in this frantic state. She takes out the teeth and, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. revealing that like monstrous woman that's been there this entire time. Yeah. I I remember when I first saw it, like, oh my gosh, like, you don't see that coming. You're like, I mean, well, this, it goes from, you know, I'm looking at a 10 year old demon child mm-hmm. to now I'm looking at a freaking grown adult. Yeah. Who's tripping me out. Yeah. yeah like, she's I just crazy. Yeah. So that scene I thought was pretty good on a few fronts, particularly like makeup and acting. I yeah. enjoy it. So totally, which I want to dissect that scene a little later too. Yeah. Uh, killing sister Abigail. I thought that that scene mm, yeah. was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to dissect that a little later too. But basically, you know, the stakes are high because you love Max. Yep. And you know, she's just trying to either kill Sister Abigail or kill Max or both. And you're just like, I don't want her to kill Max. I don't want right. her to kill Sister Abigail either, you know? So that was right after Russian Roulette too. So like, yeah. it's just a spiral. And she pushes Max out on the road right Ugh. in front of the car. The car swerves. And then she freaking kills Sister Abigail, which, yeah, spoiler, uh, Sister Abigail gets killed. <laughs> she so, is gone. Um, Max doesn't die, which makes me, you know, oh, I was so, so happy. Bad. But yeah, yeah, I thought the scene was great. My next favorite scene is pretty subtle, um, but I really liked when I got to take a deeper dive into Kate 
the mom. Hmm. I forgot what had just happened, but she ends up at the liquor store. Yeah. And we kind of get a peek into her, you know, background and she's struggled with alcoholism. Yeah. And I think early on in the movie, she's like speaking to the counselor about it, but she's at the liquor store. And when she's like buying the bottles, she tells like the, uh, the guy at the register, I'm having guests for dinner. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's like <laughs> the guy, obviously he doesn't he care. Does not. Like he yeah. doesn't need an explanation for why you're buying two bottles of wine, but yeah. you can see her guilt there. And like, she almost feels like she has to, I don't know what the word is, but she's still like internally conflicted. Yeah. And yeah. I I don't know why, but that scene I really enjoyed that. I I thought that was a really cool just dive into her character, and um, I just thought that was a nice little touch. Yeah, little, I little agree. touchy touch. I I like I like that uh, a lot, especially because Kate, you know, is like one of the main focuses of the film. Yeah. Um, my last scene, other I put sign language bedtime. That was one of the ones that you already said that, and mm-hmm. then uh, my last one was the black light bedroom reveal. Oh. Yeah, I think that that was so cool, and I put a little, a few notes on this later too. But I just like, I really liked the intro, you know, to the film. Yeah, using black light to show, you know, like for the studio logos. Yeah, 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 like the hidden messages and stuff. And I really liked whenever the bedroom was revealed of like all these paintings she's been doing the whole time, but she has under, you know, lying messages of. Kate being dead, you know, yeah. in the black light. And I thought that that was really unique and uh, fun. Yeah, I agree. It's super fun. It's just so fun. <laughs> it just kind of makes me want to do that. <laughs> um, so I will have to put a little asterisk next to this one. Yeah. Because I will touch on it later. Okay. But for my enjoyment as just like, let's just take away any credibility I have as a film reviewer. <laughs> As just a guy wanting to watch someone you hate, I loved Esther getting kicked in the face at the very end. You just... Oh, totally. I hated her so much. Yeah. I forget how much you hate her. And so when that whole scene is going down, that last just kick to the face where she like snaps her <laughs> neck and sinks to the bottom of the frozen pond. Yeah. Ugh. So satisfying. So deserving. So but satisfying. I will come back to that later because I have something else to add to that. But just copious amounts of joy just yes. throughout my entire body. Yeah, totally agree. Especially that last line, you know, oh, I can't. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm not your effing mommy. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> classic. We've classic. all said that at least once in our life. Yeah, I said it this morning. Yeah, Cameron says it all the time. <laughs> it's like his go-to. So uh, is that all your scenes? Is that... That's all of mine. Okay, yeah. cool. So conceptual uniqueness. I thought it was a really unique twist on like the demon child subgenre yeah. of horror. Um, so I really enjoyed it because it, it was not like, oh, this girl's just demon possessed. Yeah. Uh, which I thought, you know, I mean, she still very well could be, but yeah. she's not a little girl. So <laughs> that's true. I think that that's that was uh, just, you know, there were a lot of comments about this film being super cliche. And I just think, you know, while there were definitely parts of it that were pretty cliche, I think that that part, you know, as far as concept goes, was pretty unique. I liked yeah, it. I agree. I think I like wrote in my notes, the exploration of the sinister potential. I got mm-hmm. really fancy here. Uh-huh. That is tucked away behind the inoffense. <laughs> well, and <laughs> thanks for recording and, and listening. I'm done. Thanks for listening to Chamber Chills. This has been a fun one. <laughs> um, you screw it. I'll just talk. Screw my notes. But that, yeah, that 
evil hiding behind a little girl, yeah. which we find out later, not so little. But yeah. I just love that concept because so many times in horror films and like so many of the movies we will review, yeah. the antagonist is a monster or a serial killer and you don't get that evil child very often, which, mm-hmm. you know, it's a very hard thing to pull off. You have like the omen from like the seventies or yeah. whatever, but I just thought that concept is really cool. And I like that they ran with that and they, I feel like they do it pretty effectively. Cause it's something I feel like if you wrote it down on paper, if you didn't execute it in the right ways, it would just be kind of cheesy or stupid, you totally. know, but making a good story with good actors, I think they did a pretty good job at executing that concept. So, yeah, I definitely think there were bits and pieces throughout that were like good. Uh, the second half of the film, mm-hmm. but we'll dissect. Yeah. <laughs> Execution to me goes a little downhill. I agree. Uh, they just got a little, you know, yep. little uh, happy with some of the, uh, I'm not going to give away too much. So we'll talk about that in four hours. Yes. Before Stay hours. tuned. <laughs> uh, director's touch. I found a quote from the director, which how do you pronounce the name? Jama. 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 Okay. Um, like pajama. Like pajama. <laughs> so he said, uh, you know, maybe half the audience will react to them. The other half will be like, oh, come on. He's talking about mm, jump scares. Yeah, I saw this quote. But you kind of have to do them because you want to keep reminding the audience that that's the movie they're watching. If you take those moments away, then it might just feel like a drama for a while. I personally don't think that this is aged very well I was, with the genre horror as a whole. Yeah. I was going to ask you, what do you think about that? Because... He's saying, basically, he had to keep the jump scares in, even though they were cliche. Yeah. To make the audience realize that they're watching a horror film. Right. Instead of feeling like they're getting sucked into a, a drama. Which, you know, there are definitely bits and pe- There were scenes that, like, felt very drama. Like, the yeah. scene in the, the bedtime story. I mean, that's a great dramatic scene. Um, the, the conflict between Kate and John... You know, where she doesn't want to have sex because, you know, she still is dealing with this trauma and he's like cool with it. And, but right. then, you know what I mean? Like, I get that. Like, and that feels very drama. I don't personally think, and maybe this is just because the shift in the genre of horror in the For past sure. five to 10 years, that you have to have jump scares to remind the audience they're watching a horror. Right. You know what I mean? And maybe that's just like, that was the time, <laughs> that was the 2000s. Uh, but I don't know. I just don't, I don't agree with that. Entirely. Yeah. I what do, do you think, think that's definitely like a 2009 thing. Yeah. And like, I get what he was trying to say, but it definitely didn't age well no. because I think recently, like you just said, in the last few years, we've had several horror films that are quite good and they don't really utilize the jump scare. No. And I appreciate it. I don't know. I, I know over time, like jump scares used to be like a bigger deal where yeah. people like really like not always sought them out, but they're like, ooh, that like defined a scary movie. Now it's mm-hmm. like way more about the psyche and like imagery and like what are we going to show you that just keeps you up at night. Well, and to me, a good horror film makes you scared when you leave the theater. Yeah, and like for that, sure. I haven't seen a film like that in a really, really long yeah, time. But same. like I would say like jump scares are not, you know, assisting that yeah. in, in itself. So I think that, I don't know, maybe that was just, the genre of horror at the yeah. time, but definitely not now. We've also gotten like way more like buff and brave. So yeah, so we probably just horror you know, films just don't do it anymore. Just <laughs> We're just so no. strong. <laughs> um, but no, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I 
acknowledge that as well because I saw that quote and I was like, hmm, <laughs> I don't know if that aged super well. Yeah. There are definitely things that I like that he did, but I I saw that and I was like, eh, yeah. I don't, you know. I agree. I think overall he did a, I mean, he did his role <laughs> as a director. Yeah. Um, I will say, as I catch my breath for some reason, um, I think he did a great job in guiding the audience along the way, um, leading up to that twist, because yeah. I don't know, I feel like he navigates that really well. I totally agree. And that's a tough task, you know, to allude to it a little bit <clears throat> without giving it away. And like, I just think that's a great journey. He kind of rolls out for you. I also think on top of that, that he does things very tastefully. Yeah. Like the ending scene with her trying to seduce John. Yeah. Could have been way more uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, not necessarily, you know, sometimes making the audience uncomfortable is a good thing. But I'm, yeah. in that sense, it was like, uh, this is like a 10 year old actress. Yeah, like, please don't show me that. <laughs> please don't kiss him on the mouth. Yeah. You know what I mean? And she didn't, which I thought she was for a second. Me too. But didn't yeah. happen. And then the scene where, like she was like undressing. I was like, please don't show. I like, I don't know. Are they about to show? Yeah. You know what I mean? They didn't. And, uh, and then I even saw something in BTS of like the director didn't make her do that scene where she has to say the F word. Like, oh yeah. He, he only made her, her do it two yeah. or three times. Cause he didn't want her to cuss a yeah, ton. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that that was very tasteful as a yeah. director. That's really, I, I respect that. Yeah, I agree. Cause now I feel like that it's not as common. I don't think with directors, yeah. I think they'll just find the actor to do it. You know, if yeah. they need them to drop the F-bomb 60 times, they'll, yeah. they'll find that child actor. And exactly. he was, I think, conscious of that. And I, I appreciate that. I totally agree. Isabel. Isabel. Herman. She killed it, dude, as I'm Esther. Dying. Yeah, she did kill it as Esther. I think that, especially being her age, I mean, like 10 years old. Doing a role like that at yeah. 10? Can you even imagine? Dude, I was doing no. the stupidest Yeah, stuff. I was like eating sand in the backyard <laughs> when I was 10. Yeah, and she's like... Behind the scenes, she's like studying, yeah, like older women to see how they. I know. And I'm like this girl. Yeah, she great. was phenomenal. Totally. I think, and like even with like the Russian accent, it's never forced. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And if you asked me to like do a Russian accent, <laughs> even right now, dude, like everyone would walk out of the theater. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's just she nailed it. She was so good. Yeah, and she does that like. She balances being that innocent little girl at the beginning, even kind of hesitant, and then by the end, you're like, I hate you so much like you are pure evil <laughs> she is very good at that she does such a good job yeah. at, on both sides so yeah. props to her vera has my heart oh my gosh she is an yeah. angel she is an angel i she's, love everything that she's in everything she's been in that i've seen her in she kills it like yeah. absolutely kills it and i totally think and i i don't think she gets enough credit either as being like no. you know everyone talks about the scream queens she is a scream. Her scream is so Dude, good. She has it down. Yeah, she she crushed it. I yeah. thought she was so good. Um, I'm always pleased with her performance. Oh, absolutely. I, Max is the star, though. Oh, my gosh. What's her, her name again? Um, I already forgot. I wrote it down in my notes. Like her name? Yeah, her real Like in name. real life? Mm-hmm. It's like Ariana something. Yeah. And I, I know that because I, <laughs> I'm going to expose myself here. I was like, you know what? We're starting a podcast. Let's get some like celebrity guests. So I, I definitely DM'd her on Instagram. And, but you know, I, I know she's just, she's busy. She's probably going to listen to this. She's working on replying right now. Yeah. She's uh, maybe one But point no, for real, she, she did so good. Yeah. And 
like even because her character obviously because she's actually partially deaf in real life yeah um but she using her face you know and not words and her eyes i thought she just did yeah her facial really good job yeah she was amazing and, and she was her first younger. film this yeah. is her first film yeah how old was she do you know when she was in this movie she was two <laughs> I don't Dad know. Gunner. I don't actually know. For a second, like for those of you who can't see me, I'm having a drink, and I like <laughs> mo- like lowered it from my mouth because I was so shocked like, when he what? said that. No, she. I don't know. She's probably like six, six, yeah, maybe seven, yeah, in that range. Yeah, she was so good. Probably younger, maybe five. I thought maybe four, <laughs> <laughs> maybe all. <laughs> I thought everybody else. I mean, they did their part. They did Peter. Is that a... Peter played John. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. He didn't really do it for me. I, I, it could largely be the screenplay. Yeah. So, you know, that's... And yeah. his character, the director, wanting him to be a specific way. Yeah. And I have a few hot takes down in the hot takes hallway. Stay but I'll tuned. leave it to that. That one's in six and a half hours. That one's in six and a half hours. So go ahead and skip ahead. <laughs> yeah. Kidding. I have notes on that as well so we will definitely touch oh, peter. On that. oh peter oh peter <laughs> oh peter oh peter why am i like this peter. um moving on to the uh screenplay what do you think i think it was made up of a few good parts i liked mm-hmm. this i liked the writing for the most part uh, yep. but i did put one negative nancy note Ooh. uh the writing at the end was a big punch to the beanbags in a bad way <laughs> Because, because of so many things. Uh, the hospital scenes, John being an absolute bag of potatoes, dude, and Kate just walking away at the end totally fine. Oh my gosh. There are just so many things that I was like, this was just, you know. Yeah, I had some. It felt a little, I don't know if forced is the right word or rushed, but it felt kind of like a combination of the two. For it sure. It was like, we have a great concept. Let's just finish the end. And it was like, let's not give this concept just the I justice I completely it agree. Like it just keeps you going from the beginning just yeah. on a really steady stream, yeah. route, street, <laughs> any <laughs> mode of transportation. And yeah, at like the end it's just bus. like <laughs> at the end they just throw a bunch at you and yeah. it's very just kind of all over the place I yeah. feel like. It just uh, get there. Uh, there's so many I have so that many things. Yeah, no, I agree. But there were definitely good parts of the. Ride. There were. It's it's definitely a mixture of both. Yeah, which is why it's number four hundred. Four hundred. Why it's right number four hundred ninety nine <laughs> out of five hundred. That is why it is number forty nine though, and not number three. Cameron and I are 49. struggling to speak English today. I just learned it yesterday, so uh, we both are Russian. <laughs> So, um, uh, cinematography, there's some great shots. I yeah. think that for the most part, it didn't feel low budget. It was a nice change of pace from mm-hmm. some other terrible horror movies I've seen. Yep. AKA The Grudge 2020. But <laughs> you did find the year as 2020. Oh my gosh. That's I said 2013. I was like 15. <laughs> we didn't even years. know each other until 2017. Yeah. What the freak? I know. Whatever. 2020, which feels, gosh, that feels like a long time Oof. ago. Which, you know, not a lot of horror movies coming out. That movie Pandemic is time. so bad, though. It's, oh, the color Which is green. why it's only number 10 on our list. <laughs> <laughs> well, how dare you expose us like that? Um, yeah, I agree. I like the cinematography for the most part. You got a lot of the, like, dimly lit scenes, um, yeah. ominous shadows, clever camera angles. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
not too shabby. And then overall, I you know, just like I personally think it's not very scary. Still felt like a drama sprinkled with instances of brutal horror. Sprinkled but it with is incense. <laughs> sprinkled with incense of brutal horror. <laughs> uh, a fun, uh, I put, it's a fun sleepover horror, which you guys already said this, for like <laughs> high schoolers who want a fun little thriller with some gore. I, yeah, completely agree. Couldn't have said it better. I you actually know? wrote that exact same thing that I was saying this to Adam's wife, Marin, right before we watched it. She watched it with us. Yeah. I was like, this was like the sleepover movie. Back in the day, like yeah. you go over someone's house, they get like Little Caesars and like a two liter of Mountain Dew and you're like, let's watch a scary movie. I feel like Orphan was always a contender. Yeah, you, there's you, a person you, in the back corner who's like, have you seen Orphan? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you, you slap that baby on and you go on that ride. So yeah. I think, yeah, I agree. It's like a classic 2009 horror feel. Totally. Um, I will say though, like the the twist, I do mm-hmm. in, enjoy. And it's it's hard. I almost wish... I watched it for the first time when I was 25 rather than when I was, what was that, like 11 or 12. Which I watched it for the first time. Yeah, so did you ago. know about the twist ahead of time? I didn't, which is did crazy that it, it wasn't ruined for me. I didn't see it coming. Really? So you, did you think she was like demon-possessed or like something I like that? I just thought she was something terribly wrong with her, her yeah. with her past or something. And I, you know, I even wrote, it's just so funny, I'm exposing myself. I wasn't going to do this. <laughs> I wrote notes like, that doesn't make sense that she knows how to do that. <laughs> I was like, this is just no stupid. way. It's stupid that she knows how to do that. That's ridiculous. Like the Russian roulette. I was yeah, like, yeah. no way does a 10 year old girl know how to do this. Um, yeah. Of course, you know, she's 33. So yeah. I was like, uh, I'm going to scratch those notes. Never mind. You got me on yeah. that. Did you know? Ooh. The film was the number four film at the box office for its opening weekend behind G Force, Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince, and The Ugly Truth. Wait a minute. G-Force, like the gerbil movie? <laughs> yes. Oh, that is so sad. I know. What an insult. Hey, at least Harry Potter is up there. You That's know? true. I the would G-Force I would be fine good. if Harry Potter beat us at the, like, if we made a feature film. Oh. Harry Potter's beating us. It beats us. I'm like. I get it. I expect it, you know. The G-Force. gerbil spy movie? <laughs> yeah. G-Force is not like, so much. I'd be like, dude, what the oh, hell? <laughs> uh, please don't let that movie beat me. Yeah. Wow, Agreed. that's that's interesting. This film was shipped to theaters under the code name Infant Terror. Oh my gosh, I saw that. Pretty insane. I think they should have left that as the title. Infant Terror is a great... Infant Terror. Yeah. Or it's like a band name. Like that a, is a great band like name. a heavy metal band name. We gotta start name. Infant Terror right now. We were Infant Terror. <laughs> Welcome to Infant Terror. <laughs> um, there were several major plot differences between early drafts of the screenplay and the final version of the film. For example, originally Esther was supposed to have succeeded in killing Daniel in the hospital. Ooh. I also made a note. It doesn't really add anything that Daniel stays alive. Mm-mm. It does. It really doesn't. So he's like, why don't you just end. keep that? Keep it. Keep that. He dies. Yeah, I agree. You know, not to be like morbid. It would definitely add though, like a little layer of like, yeah, it's oh like, my gosh. Steaks are raised, you yeah. Know, which I'm gonna get into steaks later. But anyway, okay. I love steak. Next, rare. oh, steak! I could go for a big steak right now. <laughs> the plot of Orphan is actually based on the true story of Barbara Skrilova. <laughs> That's not how you say it. But I don't know. Uh, Barbara, a woman who was discovered posing as a 13 year old boy in Norway after she had escaped from another family where she had facilitated extreme child abuse on the family's other children. What? Terrible. That's crazy. I know. That's crazy. Can you that imagine? She, I just, that's so sad. Like, she was a full grown woman 
So if you if you had to try as hard as you could, what's the youngest you think you could make yourself look? <laughs> not, like you have to convince a, a family. Boy, yeah, that's for sure. I'm, I'm not, trying to think. I could. I I think we were talking about this the other day. Like I think fifth, maybe six, fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. I would just have to like significantly decrease my muscle mass to like pass. Yeah, because you're so strong and <laughs> yeah. buff. That's true. I don't, dude. I, yeah, dude, I, think I was like, walking. So my mom's a school teacher at a high school, and I'm walking in the hallway the other day, and I'm wearing a hat, and a teacher goes, "Hey, you need to take your hat off." You know what? Thinking I'm a kid. Are you serious? This, yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. Wow. I was like, "Hey, uh, listen, I have a full time job. That's crazy." And <laughs> Yeah, for real. Get off my back. Yeah. Becky. Continuing. Orphan reportedly has an alternate ending in the DVD version where Esther goes back to her room, puts on makeup, and becomes a little girl again. Mm. She greets the police with a bloody face, and her last words are, hello, my name is Esther. That's very interesting. I don't know. You know, obviously, you hate Esther so much that you want the ending that we got. Mm -hmm. But that ending's not terrible. That's yeah. Well, I'll jump it since we're on this topic. Yes. This is in my, this is for later, but I'm going to okay. bring it up to now. Oh, I, as much as I love that kick to the face, I savor every moment. Oh yeah. I might have preferred that ending because I feel like they played it very safe. Yeah. It's very classic, you know, bad guys on a spree. They're chasing them around dies. Spoiler, but <laughs> she does because in the omen, I know in like the seventies that happens. He takes Damien, who's like the son of Satan. Yeah, he's gonna stab him and kill him. Very end of the movie, and the police arrive and shoot the dad before he can stab the son, and mm. the son continues his little reign of terror. And which is scarier? Yeah, I think so. I I probably would have been more frustrated with it, and like. Yeah. I know that's not for everybody. Like my parents, I always joke, they hate any movie that doesn't end exactly how you want it to. Yeah. So like La La Land, which you and I both love. Yeah. They hate that movie because of the ending. I was going to say, Chazelle, I yeah. love the endings of every film. Uh, yeah. Aster, Ari Aster, also does not end his films very well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I like that. I think that, of course, it irritates you, but it sparks way more conversation. Yep. And if I'm going to make a film like that, that's how I'm going to end it. Yeah, I um, agree. But yeah, we can talk more about that later too. So oh, uh, show. my last, did you know, the movie understandably horrified adoption groups and there were mm. even calls to boycott the film. As a result, Warner Brothers removed the line, it must be hard to love and adopt a child as much as your own from the trailer. Yep. I, uh, there's a quite the controversy about yeah. that line. Which, you know, makes sense because they're yeah. really making something that's supposed to be so amazing. Yeah. So dark. <laughs> I agree. So, uh, but I think that's just, here's the thing. So. Yeah. I was going to say, I want, I want to hear your take because so for those of you who don't know, Adam works pretty closely mm-hmm. with foster kids, with foster kids. And, yeah. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah. I think he, the thing is I understand, but I yeah. just like, I understand where they're coming from. Like you don't want to make something look dark and you don't, you don't want people to react negatively yeah. to, to stuff. Like they, adopting. they kept that line in the, in the they movie. They did keep the it's line in the, the trailer. Yeah. Uh, the thing is though, two thoughts on that. One, I know that kids who are adopted mm-hmm. or going through, you know, foster care have struggled with, you know, identity like, like that. It's not like, 
kids have ne- a kid that has been adopted has never thought that. You know what I mean? Right. So one, there's that, and then two, horror films just take everything that is good in the world and make it dark. So like, yeah. I I think that that's like you just that's the nature of the beast with horror as a you know as a genre. I mean, look at it takes something like Christianity. You know what I mean? And it just yeah. like it shows like the deepest, darkest parts of, you know, like, which is the, obviously like, you, you know, just evil in general. Right. But evil, that's just what evil is. It takes things that are good and makes them like, you know, look terrible. Yeah. And I think, you know, I don't know. It's, it's interesting, but I, I understand where they're coming from, but I think that's just horror. Yeah, I agree. And it, I, I don't know if this makes sense, but I feel like it would have been different if the mom had said that or something like if a different character other than Esther. Yes. But you already hate Esther. You're not going to take anything she says as truth. Yeah. She's just trying to be manipulative. She's trying to just get in their heads and kind of be a dick, you know? (laughs) So it it checks out and it does, you know, I don't know. I, I I definitely see what you mean. If you put it in the context of horror and understand it through that lens. Yeah. Um, and then last two, I'll get, I know we get through this, uh, cast members. Actress Ariana and uh, yeah, who plays Max? I put her last name, but I think it autocorrected to something else. <laughs> Ariana it truck driver. Ariana engineer. Oh, that's right. No, it is. Is it engineer? It is engineer. Oh, I thought yeah. maybe I autocorrected. No, it really is. Oh, cool. Uh, who plays Max? Yeah, we're friends. We've been DMing on Instagram. Oh, that's so. right. I forgot yeah. you guys talk. <laughs> Uh, their completely deaf biological daughter in this film is actually mostly deaf, as Cameron mm-hmm. said. She has cochlear implants, which enhance her ability to hear and speak. This was also her debut film. Uh, we already said that. So uh, good. So good. And then lastly, actress Vera Farmiga is an accomplished pianist and was reportedly very angry at Colette Sarah for editing down the scene where Kate is composing music as she felt her hard work was wasted. Really? So apparently she played like a really long scene on that piano and it was just like completely cut down. Uh, so she was trying to be like Sebastian. Yeah. And La La Land. So you play the piano. Would you be pissed if a director was like, Hey, give us like a good song and you just go at it. I think I would, like, if the expectation was the song is going to be kept in, but I, yeah. like, if it's a horror film, I'm not thinking it's going to be kept in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's not the focus of the film. It must've been a heater. She must, must have been, been. <laughs> cooking she on that piano. Working on that for a long time. I would like to see that, Vera, if you're listening. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Please send us play, the draft. Come play us. Come play us. Come play, <laughs> come play us. <laughs> come play it for us is what I meant I'll to lay say. horizontally. You just <laughs> play it across my <laughs> come back. Come play Cameron. Come play his back. Um, okay, moving into Jane's chamber. Ooh, yeah. Is there anything we would change about mm. the film? Um, where do I start? <laughs> I have a laundry list. My main thing, I'll start with this one and then pass the torch to you. Please. Is probably the ending, which I already talked about a little yeah. bit. But I I do think, or really just the second half of the film, um, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it starts off pretty strong, pretty solid, and then it just gets jumbled. And it's yeah. kind of, you know, alphabet soup a little bit. You're trying to pick out like, Okay, what's, I don't know. It's just very chaotic, and I feel like they definitely play it safe. So I think I would have enjoyed that ending where, that alternate ending where Esther, you know, somehow makes it out, uns, or I guess not unscathed, but yeah, still a little bloody, but she greets the police. Totally. And, yeah. I would add on to that because I agree about the ending. Uh, I think I put that too later. Uh, the only likable characters were Kate, Max, and Sister Abigail. 
Yeah. So I would have tried to make the audience like Danny and Peter more, considering those were two highly dramatized deaths. Oh my gosh. I don't care when a horror movie kills off a character I find annoying <laughs> or just plain stupid. The stakes are lowered at that point because you're like, I don't care for that character anymore. If they die, they die. That's fine. Yeah. But if you are about to kill a character that you're like, oh my gosh, I like that character so much, the stakes are Dude. so much higher. So I, and then my last note, that's why Sister Abigail's death is the best scene because of the stakes with Max. Yeah. Or the Russian roulette scene because you like Max so much. And there's never really a scene where you're like, oh my gosh, is Kate going to die? Yeah. But Max is the only other character other than Sister Abigail that you're like, I really like her. I don't want her to die. She almost gets dead. Yeah. Almost gets dead. She almost gets dead, dude. (laughs) Yeah. I, I totally agree. I just, which I keep jumping the gun, but because this kind of goes in the screenwriting part later, but the dad, just a complete idiot. And he's not buying into the whole, like, Esther is evil storyline. No. When it's very clear that she is freaking evil, especially when Daniel is like, the treehouse, you know, burns up and he's inside, and he's still like, oh, I don't know. I I doubt that's what happened. Like, how do you think that fire started, homie? Yeah, and Esther told on you, for flirting with the other I mom. Know. I which know. I'm glad she did, but you know, at the same time, you're like, dude, you're like, she's not a little angel. Like, I think she is. Uh, the black light thing was so emphasized in the fr- in the introduction, then barely showcased in the yeah. film. So it it would have been cool to see that piece elevated a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, throughout the plot, I think because it's obviously emphasized. Maybe like it's well, there's the big scene, the big mm-hmm. reveal, but maybe hints of it. You know, there's the one scene of her looking at it with the black light, but you only right. see her face. But still, I don't know. Like, it was such a huge, like, reveal and big part of the intro. It just felt like a little, like, there was kind of a missed yeah. opportunity. Yeah, I could see that. I feel like there were some scenes that, like, the spatial awareness was just absent. Mm. And so there's the scene where they're hooking up in the kitchen. Oh, my gosh. Which, you know, we've all been there. <laughs> But no, for real. I was watching. I was like, "There's no way." If you have three kids, like, yeah, you wouldn't catch me dead. That's so unrealistic. And yeah, it felt super unrealistic. And then when, um, sister, what's her name? Abigail. Abigail. Yeah, she comes over to like warn them. You know, like, oh, I think she's actually kind of dangerous. Why on earth would you have that conversation in the living room of this open house? Yes. Like every time that they had a conversation about her. You're like out in the open. Yeah. And I just, and she's always listening. And I was like the spatial awareness, which I know is for the sake of the plot, but like, yeah, I don't know. It just felt, it felt like that. It felt like they were doing it just for the sake of the plot. And I was like, this isn't, come on. Yes. Like they wouldn't have this conversation in the middle of the house with all the kids around. That's something I, it's one of like my biggest pet peeves. I think with horror films is like whenever there are things that are done for the plot yeah. And not for what is realistic. Yeah. So I, agree. I totally agree. Okay, I have a couple more. Danny is a little beach boy to Esther the entire time. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Uh, Kate and John barely freaking react to Danny being so rude to Esther. The dinner oh. scene where John was like, Well, I guess that's me. Why don't you be the man of the house and not let your little trash can of a son talk to your <laughs> newly adopted daughter? They my parents would have beat my oh, ass. My gosh. Dude, like no way is my son talking to my adopted yeah. daughter like that. Yeah, he was a little punk. That was ridiculous. I just thought I thought that was so stupid. I um, agree. 
Esther being a full-grown adult, spoiler, uh, the entire time just made me think back to her little tantrums and question them a little bit. <laughs> She's so planned, intelligent, and manipulative, but freaks out in the hallway at school or the bathroom stall after, after the therapist. And I put yeah. maybe... Maybe she's freaking out because she's tired of pretending to be a little girl for so long. Mm, and I, I said, point. is that how you react when you pretend to be a 10-year-old girl for that long? So I did it once. I drove to Chick-fil-A on a Sunday. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's... Through a tantrum. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, that's a good point, though. I don't know. Because those made me think she was little. Because those scenes happen when you still think she's little. Yes. But then later when you put it in the context of, oh, she's 30. She's a 33-year-old woman and mm. she's throwing a tantrum in a bathroom More on to you esther i don't know i don't know maybe she's freaking i don't know uh and dude there were like 180 shots of kate driving in the snow to the house <laughs> so take half of those out and yeah. you know probably Lots better of those and then my last note grandma literally adds nothing the grandma to the plot dude i what, wanted her why to is die she there she didn't do anything other than a few criticize kate let and Esther yeah. go suffocate Daniel. I was just like, that was stupid. Yeah, she was she was terrible. Take her out. Film mishaps. All right. I found a few. All right. When John opens the fish tank and sees the images on the wall, the light goes across all the walls. However, the light is not strong enough to give off that much light. Yeah, that's true. I thought true. that was interesting because it's like, yeah, he opens that and then boom, like the whole house yeah. is like blue, black light. <laughs> See the entire room. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's that's a, true. Which, you know, this is a small note, but it was interesting. Um, Esther's not wearing her neck ribbon when John wakes her mm, up for her I dental appointment. Incidentally, the scars on her neck, which the ribbon is supposed to hide, are also not visible. Yep. So that was just kind of a mistake. Little error. When Esther attempts to suffocate Daniel in the hospital, his eyes are open when she removes the pillow. However, when the doctors come into the room to revive him, his eyes are closed. Yep. You know, just consistency. Yeah. You know which one kind of pissed me off? What? Well, first of all, were you a, like a big Guitar Hero kid? Oh, yeah. Dude, I would shred Guitar Hero. <laughs> I loved Guitar Hero. And this little punk-ass Daniel, yeah. the, I would yeah. see the screen, and he's on expert mode. Totally. Killing it. Like, come on. Credit yeah. where credit's due. And he's, like, looking over at his dad. Killing it. <laughs> but then it would show him playing, and he's got his fingers on the first three buttons, which is easy mode. So oh. he's a fraud. And I, that just set me off. I was like, you don't get that. You don't get that street cred for IMDb rating should go down to two. At <laughs> exactly. Point. You're not on expert mode, Daniel. Come on, Daniel. He's stupid. Get alive. Little. Yeah. Come on, Daniel. <laughs> when Esther tries to kill Danny in the hospital, the ECG, which is the green curve, and the oxygen, which is the blue curve, alarm only go off after she puts the oxygen sensor on Danny's finger. However, the ECG is not monitored using oxygen sensor, so the alarm should have gone off as soon as she started to suffocate Danny. That makes so much sense. I wonder that. Which is that. so interesting. I didn't know that. You know, I'm watching the film like, oh my gosh, she's See, so smart. I can't say I knew that, but I did. It fell off for me. I was like, that doesn't, I don't know, yeah. someone's off here. Yeah. So apparently, yeah, your heartbeat is not monitored by the ECG. Interesting. Yeah. I th that was interesting. Okay. Lightning round on the spot. If you could change it, would would Daniel die? Would you? Yeah, yeah. I would make Daniel. I agree. Die. I agree. I actually have a huge hot take. Oh, on changing who dies first. Oh, uh, we'll get to that. Stay tuned after the break. At seven point three hours. three. This keeps getting long. Is there anything that doesn't make any sense? Holes in the plot. Mm. 
I found a few. Okay. When Esther broke her arm and was taken to the hospital, it this should have been revealed one. that the that she had fused growth plates and was therefore an adult. Yup. That is, yeah. That's so a pretty true. big one. And you feel like they should not have missed that because there's this whole thing throughout the movie where she doesn't want to go to the dentist because yes. obviously when they look at her teeth, yes. they could probably tell she's not a nine-year-old girl. She's 33. Then they just forgot about that. <laughs> they, that logic <laughs> she is- She forgets about that. Yeah, she breaks she, her own arm. She forgot. And she does it to herself, which that scene in itself was, that was a tough watch. It's a pretty but, gross scene. I mean, yeah. those are fun. I say fun. Yeah, it's a good horror scene. But I'm For like, sure. It doesn't make sense because, yeah, they would have just immediately been able to yeah. tell, oh, she this girl. Been exposed. Yeah, is exposed. John still being naive to Esther, especially after the treehouse fire. You already said that. Dude. That's a huge hole. Idiot. That's just, he's just stupid. That's yeah. most of the, com- the bet negative comments I saw were all about John being just ridiculous. Same. Esther being able to get in the hospital room to suffocate Danny without anyone seeing is unrealistic. Yes. Kate and John would have been right outside Danny's door. I was going to say, if my son almost died and he's like, you know, yeah. out of it in a hospital bed, I would be at his side the entire time. A hundred percent. They're like just chilling out in the lobby. And they're, I'm like, they're like on the other side of the hospital. Yeah. Your son just almost died. <laughs> I thought the same thing. It's again, for the sake of the plot, I felt like, uh, yeah. John telling Esther, who has already proved her psychotic nature, He's getting rid of her tomorrow is the dumbest thing in the world. He deserved to die yeah, at that point. For He's real. like, we're getting rid of you tomorrow. Yeah. Like, what the heck? This girl's not going to go kill you in for your real. sleep. Like, that was just, uh, just, he just continues to dig his own grave. Yeah. Last one. When Esther closes the window and locks it, I'm looking outside to see if Kate is standing there. Oh, yeah. And she was. Like, if you're, like, looking for Kate. Yeah. Because you're Esther, and you're about to right, kill her. Right, right, And you're looking, and you're like, maybe she went out the window. And you see the window's open. And then you close the window and lock it. I'm just pushing the window a little bit further out, and I'm looking out yeah. and seeing if she's standing there. That's true. I just felt like that was, like, a just yeah. another plot thing. Yeah, I could see that. For sure. Like, what, that window just didn't open Do itself. you ever watch a movie like this, which... This is like one of my coping mechanisms I'm going to expose. I've never said this out loud. But like sometimes when I watch a horror movie and like it's so intense and you want the characters to like live or survive or whatever, you're like, what I would do right now to just like, like, let's say in this world, Thor exists and Thor shows up to like save me. Mm -hmm. Like imagine, or even let's, we'll dial it back. Maybe not the God of Thunder, but like Esther's in this house. Let's say Michael Myers shows up. Okay. He would clap Esther. Oh yeah. That'd just be so satisfying. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know why that needed to be said. It just is a thought I had during that scene. Because as soon as you said that, I was like, I remember in that scene thinking like, man, what if Esther was like hunting them right now, like looking for them? There's this kind of cat and mouse thing going. And then freaking then Michael, Michael Myers, Myers shows, shows up. up. Yeah, she's gone. She'd be done. She'd be dead. Anyways. Actor's performance. Mm-hmm. It's really hard seeing Vera. Yep. With Patrick Wilson. Yeah. On screen. For sure. And then seeing this. Yep. I feel like that made me just like not like Peter even more. Yeah. Because her and Patrick, which they're the two in The Conjuring, they play, you know, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Um, their on screen chemistry is great. And I so love good. Patrick Wilson. I, he's like the, you know, he's a king. great actor. Yeah. 
of horror. I mean, he's like not king for it, but he's he's up there. I mean, he's definitely like between the conjuring and the insidious. Yeah, he's definitely made a name for himself in the horror yes. world. Him and Vera together, I think that they're just awesome. So, so good. I didn't see this until after I saw those. So that's like ugh, I just yeah, you know for sure. My only not only, I've had a couple of bones to pick. One thing I hate in movies, the whole stereotype of like, uh, I'm obviously the school bully. Let me say some like super like yeah. direct like things Just without the, the teacher saying say yeah to anybody yeah and that's not as much on the actress she she did her part but like it was just so blatantly like mean girl bully vibes mm-hmm. and like no one does that in a like if they do say things like that like don't get me wrong kids are nasty yeah but like she just says that to the entire class when like Esther first walks in and the teacher like doesn't say anything. Yeah, and I was like, come like on, like that's not getting addressed. It's just all. I I hate school bullies sometimes in movies because it just feels like so feels unrealistic. unrealistic. Yeah, but I totally agree. Which yeah. is probably yeah, like you said, maybe more of a writing or director's note. But yeah, yeah, still. The only concept problem I had was I just felt like there was no way this family would be allowed to adopt like adopt a child in real life. Like if these circumstances, like mm. with Kate struggling with alcoholism yeah. and then like there's this whole, you know, thing they allude to in the past about the pond. Like I think she almost let Max die in the pond or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. That was my only other thing was like for the sake of the plot, they're going to let them adopt this girl pretty easily with flying colors. Yeah. They might not be passing that background check. Yeah, I don't really know. For sure. Although they didn't pass that background check on freaking Esther. So <laughs> that's who knows? true. They completely missed that, which is just yeah. another whole, whole thing. Um, casting. I had a few different thoughts for John. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, um, some of these are pretty hot takes. Okay, so just bear with me. Okay, all right. The first one, Sam Worthington. Oh, I think that he—he's not the hottest take I have, but I think he could have played. The he's the hottest. <laughs> uh, he could have played that role. Yeah, very similarly to how Peter does, but not in a very annoying way. Yeah, I, I could see that now that you say that potentially. Um, I keep getting mixed up. Which one? What's his real name and what's the actor's name? Uh, Wait, that's the so same Peter's thing. Peter's his real name. Peter Peter's his real name. And then John is the character. I just said, what is the actor's <laughs> name and what's his real name? Um, so Peter's his real name. Yes. Uh, yeah. So his character, well, is really John. just the actor. Yeah. His voice was kind of like, I don't know, which he can't help it. That's mean. But, you know, it's just, I, I see what you mean. I think Sam Worthington would be a good, yeah, be a good option for uh, that. My next one. Mm. This is, you know, can I? Okay, I get it. Ben Affleck. Really? So, here's the thing. I saw him. Have you seen Gone Girl? I was going to say, I immediately think of Gone Girl. Yeah, because of his character in Gone Girl. I could have seen him playing something like this, which this was obviously before Gone Girl. So he could have done something like this where, you know, he's the passive, he, you know, husband where he doesn't, he thinks the wife's going crazy, whatever. Yeah. Could have seen that. And then. This would have been a completely different take on the character, but I've, I don't know. I would have really enjoyed seeing John Bernthal play a character like this. Oh, yeah. Because John Bernthal, he plays very, like, rough, dude. Gritty. Very yeah. gritty. So if he was more, like, if this character is more, like, manly yeah, and, like, dismissive of the wife, you know, could have been could have taken the character a completely different way. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think I that agree. he could have, he does it great in every role he does. Yeah. But, 
Um, yeah, those are my thoughts. Yeah. Casting, I do, th- yeah, because the dad, John, it's terrible. We, we've addressed that. Probably will continue to address that. <laughs> I think everybody else, like, I think I read that um, the actress, Isabel Furman, who plays Esther, she came in for her audition wearing the whole get up, like, mm-hmm. with the ribbons and the dress. And they, like, made adjustments to the scripts because they thought she did so well because Esther was supposed to be blonde. Mm. And I totally get what they mean because I th- I feel like she was perfect. Like she just she, she totally, completely yeah. crushed it. She fit it. And yeah, yeah I th- I think everybody was casted pretty well. The dad. Now that you say that though, I I didn't write to be fair in my notes that you know I just said everybody you know did a good enough job. But now that you put those in my head, I would have liked to see like a yeah Sam Worthington Ben Affleck you know take that role. Yeah, but it'd have been interesting. What could have been? Yeah. Least favorite part of the film? Oh. Uh, John. <laughs> so if you guys didn't know, John is the dad. <laughs> we hate him. Uh, and then the entire ending. Yeah. Unfortunately. So I was mad at one particular scene okay. for a few reasons. It was right after Esther attempted to suffocate Daniel mm. with the pillow. Kate had enough. She walks up, slaps Esther across the face. Yeah. This made me mad because A, the dad right before this, John, just a complete, just a complete twinkle dick. And he was just super frustrating. B, I don't know why that just bothered me. The readiness of the hospital staff to tranquilize someone. Okay. Yeah. Is that legal? Like, I just felt like it was a little silly because like she's freaking out. Obviously she just slapped her daughter. But it just felt so stereotypical. I don't think you're hospital a person, a random person in the hospital. Well, they ran up and grabbed her, and I was like, "Please don't sedate her," because I was like, "That will just take it out for me." And sure enough, they freaking brought out the syringe, <laughs> and I was like, "No freaking way!" With Kate's name on it. Poor <laughs> <laughs> Kate. Yeah, I I didn't love that part, but yeah, that and then into the ending, I thought there were good parts of it. But yeah, I would have enjoyed that alternate ending that I've already mentioned a couple times. So, yeah. You know. Title of the film, movie poster. Mm. I think Orphan's probably the best title it could have been. I played yeah. around with this for a little bit. Or Infant Terror. Or Infant Terror. <laughs> uh, I, I could have also seen it, and bear with me. Mm. Good Night Mommy. Which, uh, here's the thing. Good, uh, or Goodbye Mommy, sorry. Good Night Mommy is a different film. It didn't come out until right. 2014, though. Yeah. So that's five years later. Goodbye, mommy was something that like she was obviously trying to get rid of the mom. Yep. Could have been something. I don't know. I was playing around with that. Yep. Uh, Would have made maybe the foster adoption community less frustrated. Yeah, I could see that. Um, and probably it's probably too on the nose though. That's my only thing. Like yeah. if it was goodbye, mommy instead of orphan. Just you know, just a thought. Just, just a little, a, a little thoughty thought. thought. A little thoughty thought. What do you think about the uh, poster? I. Would have loved to see the movie poster being the mental hospital she had mm. drawn before the blacklight, maybe with her stick figure in the window. Oh, interesting. I, I do like the movie poster being symmetrical. I think that was a cool, yep. you know, like that m- makes you kind of uncomfortable. But I I don't know. I think that the the drawing she did of the asylum or a mental hospital, yeah, it was a cool drawing. It could have been a cool movie poster. Here's what's interesting is I think they went... A very, you know, 2009 route. 
yeah what you're describing i think if that movie was made today that would definitely be on the cutting board like somebody would have definitely like thought of that i feel like yeah because that i think that's a great idea well, you know you. like before you're saying before the black light right like just yes. the kind of a yeah yeah because then yeah you watch the movie and later you're like oh my gosh that's the you like they that's put not a black actually, light on that bad boy yeah you're seeing the truth behind it which is kind of the whole oh, point it, of the movie this was when dvds are being released so what if you did put a black light on it oh my gosh and you saw how cool would Dude, that have been are we about to remake are we about to remake <laughs> orphan 2009 <laughs> just for let's the really see how young we could look <laughs> <laughs> you play the 33 year old I'll be Esther. 10 year little girl um, yeah uh, do we agree oh did you have any thoughts on that on the movie poster I said with Orphan yeah it I think it's it works for what the movie is poster um, I do like what they did with the mirroring effect yeah but I do yeah I agree because don't get me wrong the mirroring effect it does make you a little uncomfortable you're like oh, it's just this little girl's face yeah but I I could have, you know, pictured or I can picture, I guess, something else to just make it a little more intriguing, but do we agree with the IMDb rating? I said it's a little high. I agree. I think it's which is funny cuz we put <laughs> I American know. Werewolf that's London. what's funny about this. But I think that's okay. Like our IMDb rating, our ratings for the films, here's yeah. the thing. Our ratings for the films don't have to be in order from yeah. 15 to number 1 because sure. one it's both of our lists combined. Yeah, I was going to say, like, some, like, for you guys, as we continue to do this, like, a movie that might be Adam's number 10 might be my number 16 or 17. So, yeah. It's, so the yeah. ratings could be a little different. And then, two, like, we made this based off what we think are the best horror films of all yeah. time. Not necessarily, like, movies that we think we would rewatch. Critically all the time. acclaimed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I said maybe like a six. I agree, actually. I said 6.2. So Ooh. I was 0.2 off from you. <laughs> Because I definitely, yeah, I think it has some strengths, um, but, you know, it definitely has its issues. Yeah. I think seven is just kind of high. I agree. For this movie. Especially for horror, because IMDb, kind of like the Academy, they're just, horror films never get really high ratings. Sometimes yeah. they do. Don't get me wrong. But a seven for this movie feels pretty high. I, I can't remember who's telling me they hate anything that is rated as seven out of ten because they feel like it's, really, it's too safe. Oh, interesting. Because six feels low. That's an interesting take. And eight feels high. Seven's like, I don't really know what to rate this. It's not bad. It's not good. I'm <laughs> yeah, going to give it a seven. Throw it in there. Which is interesting. Hmm. Somebody else, I can't remember who said that. Um, moving into Hot Takes Hallway. Probably my favorite part. Spicy. Favorite reviews. <laughs> this is like <laughs> the best. Yes. Okay. So I went first last time. So right. we'll do our, our 10 star reviews and then our one stars. Okay. Cameron, you kick it off. My 10-star review okay. says, Make no mistake, this is one bloody, ruthless film, and Esther is one scary little bitch. <laughs> She's cute, cute as a spooky cat until she begins her little tricks. Spooky cat. I begin to dread what was coming when about 40 minutes into the film, Esther says the F word in such a way as to cause my hair to stand on end. Mm. We hear kids say that word all the time, trying to show off and sound tough. Not Esther. She just says it and it is like a nuclear blast to my senses. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hitchcock would probably have been proud to have made this film. It's almost as good Whoa. as Psycho. I don't think Orphan is a B movie at all. Oh if gosh. it is, then so is all of Hitchcock's output. <laughs> what? I wish you guys could see my face right Isn't now. Isn't that crazy? Almost as good as Psycho. It's almost <laughs> such a hot take. Dear Lord. But uh, 
she clearly loved this movie. She loved yeah. this. So, good well, job. There you go. Good uh, job for you. Ten star review. <laughs> uh, mine ten star review is <laughs> a little <laughs> short. Um, ten star title. I'm gonna be traumatized by little girls now. <laughs> the description says, <laughs> "This is written by Cameron. <laughs> this is written by Cameron." <laughs> He's also a little girl. <laughs> uh, description. I found it hard just to finish this movie, considering how disturbing it was, especially if you already find little kids a bit annoying. That's <laughs> what? That's that was it? That's all they said? They gave it 10 stars. Wow. If, all especially right. if you find kids a bit annoying. Just right. right to the point. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, he's going to be traumatized <laughs> by little girls now. So. Oh, that's a... Tough way to live. You're going to see a lot of those bad boys out there. Yeah. But, so, all right. All right. Are we on to one our star. one star review? One star review. All right. Let me just like put myself in their shoes. Dude, <laughs> seriously, I cannot believe you guys all liked this movie. I just saw it like two minutes ago and it's probably the worst thing I've seen all year. And I saw Transformers 2 this year. So that's saying a lot. (laughs) For one, there was probably more unbelievable things in this movie than any other movie I've ever seen. Peter Sarsgaard was the biggest dot 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 idiot ever in this film. I've never (laughs) wanted to castrate someone more in my life. Oh my God. The kids were both idiots. If someone threatens my balls with an exacto knife, I'm telling someone about it. True, though. (laughs) They covered nothing about the adoption. All of a sudden, the kid is in the house. Later on in the movie, they start doing background checks. You think they would do this before they actually adopt the child. Honestly, one of the worst films I've ever seen all year. They've ever seen all year. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah, that's... Yep. Okay, you gotta gotta admit, if somebody threatens my balls, then exact enough. I thought that during the movie. Totally agree. I don't care. You're getting exposed. Somebody <laughs> is dying tonight. <laughs> That's how I feel about that. All right. My one star review title movie full of dumb characters <laughs> description. Oh God. I had such a bad time watching this stupid movie full of dumb characters. The movie made me so angry because of these super dumb characters, especially the dad. The end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Man, you had some just short, but sweet, short but sweet right to the, to the point. point. We, I liked yours last know, time, so we respect it. Yeah, um, maybe we can alternate. <laughs> we'll yeah. get, one of us takes long. long short, I know it's uh, that's so funny. Um, do we have any hot takes about the film? Okay, my thoughts after reading the reviews, it feels like a hot take, no matter where you land, because there's such a split in the reviews. It's so so mixed. Yep. So I I find myself agreeing more with the lower ratings, but I still like the general concept i think it's unique yep so a few of my hot takes and we can go back and forth you know esther's goal always being to seduce the dad yeah. is stupid yeah i think that that is just ridiculous and it makes you uncomfy like that <laughs> it is uncomfortable at the same time it's not really i mean it's kind of foreshadowed a little bit like her wanting to sleep with daddy in the bed. Yeah. And her and she, manipulating like, the big mom. Big spoons him. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, uncomfy yeah. for sure. Uh, I just think that there was a better plot there. Yeah. I think that the con, the general concept of her being 33 years old, posing as a, a little girl, great. Yeah. Her trying to seduce the dad and kill the rest of the family, weird. I think yeah. that when and what world does that work? Yeah. You I know? agree. 
Um, so that was that was one of mine. Um, I really, I'll let you fire off your okay. other ones. I can fire off because I only have one that I've already said. Okay, just that I would change the ending. So yeah, am I going to be the only one to call out that it's a little freaking weird for the dad of an adopted daughter to sleep <laughs> alone in the same bed with her after he kicks his wife to the couch? Yeah, dude, that was bizarre, dude. Yeah, no way. One, if I'm making Marin sleep on the couch, which you know, if it's that the other happens, way around, I'm sleeping on the couch. <laughs> Um, that's true the balls on that guy to be like you should you're take sleeping the on the couch yeah, you me take and our 10 year old adopted daughter are taking the bed no that's way that's weird Charlotte would kill me dude I would ki- I would kill me yeah that is weird new plot idea ooh okay this is what I'm talking about Michael Myers shows up <laughs> big drum roll kill the dad in the first 20 minutes to an ooh. accident that you later realize was Esther Change the premise to Esther trying to kill the entire family. Stakes become much higher. Kate is now alone. And the most annoying character is now gone. Oh my gosh. Different movie. Yeah, so much better. You nailed it. I think that's it. So I would better. have loved to see that. Which again, back to my like poster comment. I could see that going that way if that movie was made like today. today. Yeah. But I love that. I just think it would have been, the stakes would have been so much higher. So much higher. Well, and you said this earlier, but like one of the biggest complaints is the dad. You know, like everybody hates the dad. Everyone thinks he's a complete idiot. Yeah. And he is. So if you just eliminate him early on and give him a little purpose for the plot. Yeah. Which that, that changes the plot. It does. To now being her not trying to seduce the dad. She's just trying to kill the family. And maybe, you know, maybe she has this backstory of hating her yeah. family. Maybe she was abused and she just hates families in general and she just wants to tear them apart. Yeah. That's still a psychotic, you know, yeah. goal um, and something she can control. She can't control if the dad ends up with her or not. Yeah, for sure. So, I don't know. I thought that that would be a very interesting different like take on the film. Huh. So that was my last. I thought. like that. Have we heard any hot takes that we agree or disagree with? I saw a quote. Mm. It was a review, but I didn't okay. actually put it. This is a uh, this is great. This is the quote. This was an unexpected surprise, a tale of suspense and horror built around one of the most malevolent villains to come out of the cinema in the last 75 years. Whoa. For a moment, oh, it gets better. For a moment, I kept thinking that if the bad guy here went up against the demon of the exorcist or good old Jason or Freddy, those guys wouldn't stand a chance against this villain. You are kidding <laughs> Evil me. apparently lurks in the most unexpected, pa- unexpla- oh my gosh, unexpected places. And it is behind one interesting facade here. I, compl- I absolutely Dude, absurdly disagree. That is the biggest hot take I've ever heard. is a horrific <laughs> take. That is I more am, horrifying than the actual movie itself. Like, could an argument be made? And I would still give the upper hand to Chucky. But, like, Chucky versus this girl. Dude. Maybe. But no. absolutely not. No. Jason, Freddy Krueger. What was the the demon from the, the exorcist? The demon from the exorcist. That's what I said. That's such a hot take. That was the worst hot take I've ever And heard. that goes against my thought during the movie about what if one of them showed up and just because she wouldn't stand a chance. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. Oh, God, come on. That was the worst one I heard. And that's terrible. So. Well, um, mine was more like catered to me. Okay. But I read online that some people, when this movie came out, 
were demanding that Isabel Furman receive the Academy Award for her performance as Esther, which she did a great job. Interesting. But to back up this argument, they were saying it is equivalent to Kathy Bates' performance as Annie Wilkes in Misery, which if you know me, <laughs> that's a no-no. I love Kathy Bates in Misery. Yeah, I'm sorry. She deserved that Oscar. I don't think you could put these performances on the same no. page. And she killed it being 10 years old. Absolutely killed it. We've said that. But I just feel like saying it's equivalent to that performance is like, come on, that's not fair. Yes. Don't make that comparison. At, at the very most, maybe nomination buzz. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, she she's 10 years old and she does a phenomenal job playing a 33-year-old disguised yes, as a 10-year-old. For sure. Which is complex. But to be compared with Kathy Bates come on. and Misery, come on. no way. Because, yeah, there were, I saw a lot of people... And to this day, people, and I agree, people talk about how the Academy, they kind of turn a blind eye to horror. And that is true. And it's frustrating. Yes. But they were saying that because like Kathy is one of the only ones to win an Oscar for horror. And they're like, we need to re and I agree. They need to reintroduce this a little more for yeah. the horror genre. Which but, we'll get into with other films, but Midsommar. Oh, for sure. Florence Pugh. Yes, for sure. Yeah. But what would be a worse name for the film title? <laughs> Uh, the killing of a sacred sister, Abigail. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dude. That's so good. I couldn't come up with anything else. That was it. <laughs> so I just, I took what they already had. I just ran with infant terror. I think that's, infant terror. <laughs> you know, that's totally. the best title they could have oh, totally. had. If this were released today, what would the reaction be? I think it'd have a lower rating. Yeah, I think so. I think outrage culture would also probably find a way to attack a lot of the writing. Oh, for dude, cans of worms, I won't even get it. <laughs> all over TikTok. I feel like you would see this on your For You page all the time. Yeah. Like, don't go see this movie, and here's why it's problematic, you know? Yeah. Which, I'm not saying it's not problematic for certain reasons, but we've discussed that earlier. In the horror context, I think it's, it's a different... I don't know, it's just a different lens. I could see but, it going being problematic for outrage culture for both the, uh, you know... The orphan adoption stuff. Yeah. But also the a 33-year-old wanting to be a 10-year-old. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot there. Uh, what is the hottest of all hot takes? I, I personally said as to being able to take the demon and the exorcist, that has to be up there. So I thought mine, I was like, <laughs> this is the hottest take. It's that putting, saying this movie is just about as good as Psycho. I was like, that's the hottest take okay, I'll hear. that is super high But there. that hot take that she would stand a chance... With the demon and the exorcist no way. or Jason or Fred? Dude, no. We, these hot takes were better than American Werewolf in London, yeah. I would say. Because yeah. that one, I was like, uh, you know, there's some hot takes. This one, there are some fiery oh gosh. hot takes. Fiery hot. Wow. Also, anyone saying this is the greatest horror movie ever made just hasn't seen any of the yeah, horror movies. You, you gotta ever. watch more movies. <laughs> you need to get yourself no out way. there. Get yourself a little bit further out there. We made it to the chill factor. What is your chill factor? The chills the chills when it comes to this film. The best scene, the best performance, best line. So what gave you the chills? I got pretty chilly. Okay. I would say it's just Esther removing her makeup. The big twist is mm. revealed. Okay. Kate's driving home in a panic. Yeah. You're like, what? I, you know, first time I saw it, didn't see that coming. Reveal, That's crazy. Sure. Yeah. And then, yeah, that, I would say, and there's like, it, it's connected. There's that scene and then the black light, like the dad comes in the room. Yeah. Discovers that there's these like 
sexual paintings on the walls of like oh yeah depicting esther and the dad like hooking up and that whole scene you're just like so crazy yes so that's that's my specific scene in the chill factor i entirely agree i think honorable mentions behind that russian roulette i I keep bringing that up i just think that that was such a great it was so small too such a small scene but made such a big impact in my head for sure again not to reiterate too much First time you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, you know she's crazy, uh, and you don't want Max to die. Yes. Uh, second honorable mention: sign language bedtime story. Yep, so good, dude. Yep, oh, deep connection. Horror there. aside, that that move, that scene, yep. is just heartwarming. Yeah, Max is freaking cute, dude. Adorable. All right, we made it to the end. Do we recommend this film to everyone, or only a select audience, or maybe even nobody at all? Hmm. I think it's worth the watch if you like horror movies and can handle some jarring sequences. And yeah. it's more so just for the concept. It's, if, if it hasn't gotten ruined for you, which if you've listened to this, it has. <laughs> so, <laughs> so sorry about uh, that. So sorry. But uh, it's good. I, yeah. I really like the, the twist. And have a sleepover with your girlfriends and just watch it. Yeah, you know? go for it, dude. Slumber party. Slumber away. I would agree. I would say like if I was in a group and somebody brings up this movie... And someone there is like, oh, I've never seen that. I would say like, oh, like if you like horror movies, I, you know, give it a shot. I'd watch it. Yeah. I would never though bring it up. Like I'd never be the first one to bring it up at a party and be like, have you guys seen Orphan? Or like like if you're like, do you want to get scared? Let's watch Orphan. Yeah. Let's. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You would stay up all night. Yeah. Yeah. That's. You would be terrified for weeks. That's not the one. No. Um, But I'd say, yeah, it's worth a watch. Will this film stay in its place in the top 50 forever? So what's interesting is with an American werewolf in London, I said I could see it kind of. Yeah. It's not going to be moving around. Yeah. This one, I don't think so. I I don't think so either. I, it's not going to be in my top 50. I would say more top 100 for sure. Yeah. Um, actually upon rewatching both of these, I would maybe probably flip them. Yeah. But I still enjoy it for what it is. You know, you you put yourself back in the shoes of like an 11-year-old, how old I was when I like watched it, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's pretty good. I agree. So. I totally agree. But it won't be my top 50 forever. There's there's no way. Yeah. Well, that concludes Orphan 2009. Dun, dun, dun. Number 49 on our list of 50. Pretty crazy. Called Orphan. It's called Orphan, <laughs> if you couldn't tell. Came or Infant Terror, a.k.a. Infant Terror, a.k.a. <laughs> exactly. Killing of a Sacred Sister Abigail. And, AKA. Uh, <laughs> if you're ready for 48, you're not. Buckle up, baby. It's about to get so chill in this chamber. So chilly in this <laughs> chamber. Um, 48, it is The Cabin in the Woods, 2011. Boom, boom, boom. We've already released it, because we released all of these at the same time. Oh, yeah, that's true. I keep forgetting that. Go listen. It's but don't a good get, time. Don't get in this whole mindset that we're going to tell you at the end of every episode because this is just a special treat. Not. This is just your treat. You'll just have to start today. prying and guessing on your own. Also, if you would, please go follow us on Instagram yep. uh, at the Chamber of Chills. We would love you if you Absolutely. did that. Absolutely. Please respond, uh, comment on our. <laughs> uh, please respond to us. Please Mom, respond to my voicemails. <laughs> Uh, Chamber Chills, The Chamber of Chills on Instagram, uh, The Chamber of Chills on TikTok. Give us feedback if you feel like, like you want to. Super famous, so yeah. we might not see your comment. Exactly. But we'll, we'll try to. 
though we uh, we're not famous at all, and we will definitely reply because we'll definitely see it. I so. will reply in 15 seconds. Cameron will reply, will reply so fast, it's going <laughs> to blow your freaking mind. All right, uh, we're going to get off because we're stalling this outro. Uh, Yo, love you guys. Thanks for listening. XOXO. This was another Gossip Girl. <laughs> Bye. That's the story of